going on everybody welcome back to another episode of talking a bunch of hoopla see look at me now i look official i have a microphone so you know definitely should listen what i have to say Uh, (laughs) kidding but to just get into it the biggest thing that that was talked about uh this previous week up from the last episode to now was this whole cheating scandal now between the patriots that's being dubbed spygate 2.0 uh, you know, we love a good callback, if you'd say so myself. To kind of explain it, explain it, <laughs> explain it in kind of a quick way. Uh, the New England Patriots had an advanced scout go to the game, and he was supposed to be being filmed for a documentary. They show their players and you know employees and such. That actually didn't happen because what actually happened was they were supposed to be filming this advanced scout that was there. Yet, uh, they were filming the sidelines of the Cincinnati Bengals. Because apparently, we're in a world where the Cincinnati Bengals are now some team that needs to be watched. And the New England Patriots are really scared and, uh, you know, need that extra kind of oomph to make it into the playoffs. Because the Bengals are really on on their on their tails, if I say so myself. Um, that's obviously a fucking joke because they're the worst team in the league this year. And the fact that their scouts decided to try to do that to get away with it which leads to tell me at least that this isn't the first time they've done this that well we know that previously but how many times this season have they done this and got away with it that's now that's the biggest question we have now i'm gonna play you the clip that jay glazer of fox sports uh released today on uh, fox nfl sunday about everything that went on with this so let me pull it up for you right now and it's a minute long of a conversation between the Bengals security, and the scouts that were there to handle this documentary and all that. And what goes on after that? Because, oh, it's it's real good. It's uh, But before I do, though, as I'm pulling it up, I do want to say that I want to hear Patriots fans' opinions on this because obviously us non-Patriot fans and people who don't like the Patriots, like myself, it's easy to just, uh, you know, go at them, go in on them constantly. Oh, they're cheaters again. Look at this. You know, Roger Goodell and the NFL should punish them a certain way, and yada, yada, yada. I feel like by now, Patriot fans should understand that the organization that you're a big fan of doing something wrong. And yes, people make the argument that, hey, cheating in sports isn't this new thing. It's not uncommon. You know, they're the ones who keep getting caught. And my thing is, why are they the ones that keep getting caught? You know, if if this is such a big thing in sports... If this is such a big thing in football or whatever, why aren't other teams being caught, you know, more frequently? Why is it only the New England Patriots? That's that's my question, you know. I'm sure they have probably people that they pay like round the clock to read that handbook, you know, for the NFL like night and day to find every loophole humanly possible within it so that they can work that in their favor and that use that towards, you know, teams in the playoffs or in the regular season so that when it happens, they're like, oh, well, in, in the rule book, page 47, paragraph C12, it says I can do this kind of if I have so-and-so in this position, in this format, at this certain time of the game with the, the right amount of weather while, you know, the angle of the earth is at a certain, you know, length. Here here we go. Let's just pull it up right now. Actually, I have it. Let me let me get it right now for you. Pause it real quick. Turn this up. I'm going to play it through my phone, so I apologize if this is loud, but here we go. Come on, guys. I don't see the advanced scout in this footage. No, it's not. We were trying to get some field perspective. My bad. That's not the field. 
I'm the anti-Putin. That's why you would think you could take that. I do not. But I can delete this right here for you. The damage is done, my friend. No, it isn't, because if you delete it, uh, once it gets into it, it's all the by yards on the I can't do that. There's no way I can get that from it back. I'm being honest with you. And I don't have a computer like to even put it on record. Once this card, that's it. Yeah, I don't see the advance scout. So that was the minute clip of all that. Let me check to make sure it worked first. The audio on the uh, the video is kind of low on my phone, so I apologize if it was hard to hear. I'll link this in the description of the podcast, whether you're, you know, you're listening to this uh, on like Anchor or Spotify, Google, whatever. And also, it'll be in the description of the video on YouTube as well, so you can watch the full clip. But... I mean, I don't know how the NFL is going to punish them. Um, I've seen reports that Roger Goodell from sources say that they're going to take history into effect. Means that obviously this isn't the first time they've done this before, you know, filming another team for whatever reason to get in a, you know, some type of, you know, advantage over them, you know. But I just, it's just to a point where it's like Patriot fans, you know, I feel like you kind of have to accept that your team cheats. It is what it is. And again, I know the big argument is other teams do it. And people are going to bring up other teams in other sports like the Houston Astros recently and the Major League Baseball's issue with signal stealing and all that and sign stealing and so forth. But we're focusing on the Patriots. I couldn't care less about any other team right now because if we were discussing them, I would bring them up. But this isn't, you know, a Houston Astros issue. This isn't, you know, a fucking New York Knicks issue. This isn't, uh, you know, the Montreal Canadian issue. This is a New England Patriot issue. They constantly do every few years or get caught or whatever. You get these fines and then Patriot fans complain forever. And everyone's like, uh, you fucking cheated. And they're like, well, actually, what really happened was this person did it in 03. So we're, it's okay. And it's like, hey, cheating's cheating. I don't give a shit what it is, whether you're taking HGH as a player or you're filming you know, an opponent, a future opponent's team sideline as an advanced scout and a videographer. What you did was against the rules of the sport and you got to get punished for it. You know, sure. If like every fucking team in the NFL had got caught doing that, then I'd say give them the book, you know, give them the hardest punishment possible because that's only fair. You know, if you're caught cheating, you should get a, a, a severe punishment. And again, I know people are going to bring up previous examples from previous years and, you know, more recent years and things like that. But, you know, maybe you're right. You know, maybe this is a problem. At the moment, the Patriots are the one that keep getting caught. They're doing something wrong, you know, within their cheating methods where they're the ones that somehow keep getting caught. I don't know what they're doing wrong. I don't know if they need to, like, train their employees better at cheating or just get better people that know how to cheat. I don't know. Or maybe just stop fucking cheating overall. That would be super sick. I think that would be great for them and their sport. But and then I know also people are going to bring up, oh, they have six championships. It doesn't really matter. But, hey, you got six championships, but did you really earn all of them? I mean, it's it's a question that can be asked. Honestly, what are your thoughts? You know, are you honestly surprised by this news of the New England Patriots cheating again? Are you not? Are you, you know, are you a Patriots fan that's like, hey, don't 
don't fucking do that. Don't make that the narrative of all this. Nothing. What what we saw on in the clip and what you played, nothing was really shown. You couldn't really see anything. So I'm sure people are gonna make that argument. Of course. Let me know your thoughts. All my you know social media handles are in the description below of this podcast, so we can discuss, comment, and maybe argue about what happened. Thank you, and let's move on to the next thing. So, UFC 245, the last pay-per-view of the year 2019. Uh, main event was Kamaro Usman versus, I hope I said that right, versus Colby Covington for the welterweight title. Let me pull up the rest because I want to get these names right. You had uh, you had Max Holloway versus Alexander Volkanovsky, you know, for the, I believe, what, what was it? Because uh, I, I don't want I, I want to say it was featherweight. That's what I want to say. Want to make sure, and then you had the women's bantamweight title between Amanda Nunez and Jermaine De. I can never pronounce uh, her last name because I'm a, a bad human being. Apparently, let me get it right real quick. Jermaine Derondemy. Uh, I probably bashed that as I have many of names in previous podcasts, but that that was that. The big thing of this card was obviously the Usman Covington fight. If you were an MMA fan. If you're not, let me explain. To get a little political for a second, because it, it kind of mixes in itself with uh, the UFC and MMA for a second. Uh, Colby Covington, at least on the surface, is a known Donald Trump supporter. You know, he's constantly wearing his Make America Great Again hat. You know, the Trumps have showed up to fights. He's met Donald Trump before in the Oval Office. I'm sure he's communicated with a bunch of other Republicans. And I believe Candace Owens uh, walked him out. For his fight, which I thought was interesting. I don't know if this is really a character he's playing or this is how he really feels. Because I don't remember this always being a thing. This feels more of like a recent thing just to stir up controversy and to, you know, to get his name out there, to play the villain. So people want to see his fights, want to see him get beat up. And Usman was the guy, you know, he's the welterweight champion. Previously beat Tyron Woodley decisively. He whooped his ass that entire fight, by the way, if you weren't aware. Won the welterweight title. It was kind of assumed that Covington for a while was going to get it, especially the way Covington acted. Where walking around with the UFC belt, uh, he didn't get because he wasn't the champion at the time because you have to beat the champion to get the title belt. But I don't think he understands that concept, to be honest. Nonetheless... Did all that, ran his mouth a lot, blah, 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 blah. Within the fifth round, Kamaru Usman beat his ass, you know, essentially. Got him on the ground, hit him with some really great shots, and TKO'd him in the fifth round. Obviously, Colby Covington was not happy. Uh, didn't like Mark Goddard, the referee's stoppage. Uh, said that the eye poke that, that happened earlier in the fight was fake. That the the shot in the nuts earlier that was fake. Not that was fake. That he thought was fake. Excuse me. Other issues he has with him and all that. He thought the fight was stopped too early and blah, blah, blah. To confirm, if you didn't watch the fight, just if you're listening to this, he poked him. He poked Usman in the eye. That replayed was shown. He did. Then the shot to the nuts was a little... The angle wasn't great from what I saw, so it kind of looked like he may have grazed them a bit. Didn't get off the full kind of package, but maybe kicked too close where it's like a little bit of that kind of like hit kind of circulated like through him a little bit. So it was like, sir, sir, please. That is my nuttage. That is my genitalia area. You're real fucking close with that foot. Foot was real close to hitting me in my baby nuts. Um, Not that I'm judging Usman's nuts all of that with the uh you know sperm and such i believe in the third round of that fight covington was sitting in his corner you know in between rounds telling his you know corner man that hey i broke my jaw my jaw's broken i think it was the the fifth round when uh usman's corner team found out that his jaw was broken or 
you know, at the time it was alleged that his jaw was broken. And then they're like, yo, 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 by the way, uh, his jaw's broken, so punch him in the jaw a lot more, please. Uh, that would be super nice, to be honest. But yeah, honestly, I thought it was a great fight, even though Judge, uh, I'm talking to Judge Sal D'Amato specifically right now. The fact that you gave this fight 3-1 to one round-wise in the favor of Colby Covington, I'm not saying I'm a fight expert. In no way am I coming for this man's career. I've seen enough fights in my life. I, I think... I'm a you know I'm more than a casual fan. I'm a dedicated fan. Obviously, people know more than me. We know this, but yet no that that no that did not happen. Personally, at the time of the fight, I was giving it two two. You know, I thought first two Covington really controlled the pace, really put it on Usman, made him kind of uncomfortable a bit. Rounds three and four, Usman kind of was just like, yo, all right, what happened the first two rounds is over. Now it's time to get serious. Now it's time. For me to step up and get you know a little bit more aggressive you know control the pace be more offensive than defensive that's what happened made Covington uncomfortable and then you know fifth round came hit him with that good shot to the jaw dropped him originally the first knockdown was like in the like the chinish kind of neck area that dropped him you know got back up and then hit him again I believe it was in the jaw area this time that got him down and that's when, you know, Usman got on top of him, just beating his ass. And then Mark Goddard, the referee, stopped the fight. And Covington was like, oh, no, I'm, I'm fine. You could have continued. As someone who doesn't like Covington, not just because of the fact that he likes Donald Trump, but the fact that he acts like an asshole and is possibly a bad person. I don't know. He That's how he makes it seem like. 24-7 is fine with me. And the funny thing that I saw was, you know, after the fight, it was announced, you know, they did the whole raising in the hand he won, uh, Usman won, excuse me. Covington just l walked out of the ring and then just ran back to the lock. And I, I don't mean like, oh, ran like, oh, he kind of like walked fast, whatever. No, he legit like ran to the locker room, like immediately after the fight was over. And then goes on Twitter hours later complaining and calling Mark Goddard a bitch and this fight was fake and everything was fake, but it's... I, I I know I I'm sorry you you're just really mad because you lost that's all that is you know you went all this time talking your shit saying how you're gonna beat up everybody and how you're like you're supposed to be the welterweight champion and you're so great and blah 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 you know it came up to it you couldn't pull the trigger you couldn't win the fight and I'm sure you know people are gonna argue that sure things could have went another way or you know maybe you know the stoppage of when the supposed Shot to the nuts was fake or whatever, but what's happened's happened. And I think it's time for us to move on. You know, we can accept the fact that Kamaru Usman has defended his title successfully, beat Colby Covington, and sh I hope shut him up, you know, for a while because I think it's time for that to happen. But let me pull up the Mark Goddard tweet that he put like uh, about 12 hours ago at this point. It says, raw motion in the highest of stakes. Uh, fighting is like nothing else on earth. I respect each and every person I stand between, and I will give you all I've got. Uh, I am a human being. Uh, thank you to all who understand what I've put into this game. That will never stop. God bless. And then like a heart at the at the end of that. I don't think he did anything wrong. I thought he did the best that he could. I think if it was any other you know referee in that, I don't think it would have been that much different, honestly, than Mark Goddard did. I, you know, so I think anybody who really argues that is just someone who's in favor of Covington. The fact that Sal D'Amato gave that man three-round advantage 
against Usman doesn't make any sense. That doesn't make any sense to me. I'm sorry. On to the other fights. Uh, the Holloway versus Volkanovski fight. Uh, honestly, Holloway looked kind of different in a way in that fight. Usually, at least in my experience watching him, he usually controls the pace really well and tires you know guys down because his stamina is really great. You know, better than most people's in the UFC. You know, in a in a way where he gets the five rounds and still is looks really good against guys who tire out probably around like the fourth round, third round. But Volkanovski just had it that entire fight. You know, he was the aggressor, was on the offensive, really, you know, throwing good jabs, throwing some, you know, really great punches. Excuse me, against Holloway. Holloway had times where I think he could have, you know, taken advantage of, you know, the punches he landed that kind of like I wouldn't say rocked Volkanovski, but like had him kind of like for like a second kind of just like off his, you know, kind of off focus for a second, if that's the best way to describe that. It take advantage of that, but he didn't. Kind of just looked timid. Looked like he wa- wanted to counter a lot more. Holloway is no longer the title holder now. You have Volkanovski, who I believe is on like an 18 win streak, if I'm correct. If my understanding of that's correct, could be wrong. I don't have that in front of me, to be honest. Um, the Nunez, um, Jermaine uh, fight. I'm not going to pronounce her last name again because I'm, I'm not in the mood to offend her. But it was a really good fight. Uh, there was a point where I thought Nunez was going to lose like for a second. Amanda Nunez just came in and, you know, just dominated her toward the end of the fight. So, But, I mean, it's Amanda Nunez. I expect nothing less from her. Um, there were times, though, where Jermaine really was, it seemed like, you know, doing a good job of handling uh, Nunez on the ground and everything. And that kind of was, I mean, it seemed like Nunez was kind of fatigued early on. And I thought that kind of was interesting because I feel like that doesn't really happen with her. You know, usually she's, at least in my experience watching her, her stamina has been fairly decent for the most part, but... I still think she landed really good shots against Jermaine, and I think she could have controlled the pace better, but overall, still a great fight. You know, overall, I thought I thought the main card was really good. I missed the Uriah Faber fight versus Peter Yan, I believe. Yeah, I caught, I came in after work right after the end of that, and then I saw everything else after that, so that was great to see. But who's next for Usman? I don't really know. Um, I think it depends on how this McGregor-Cerrone uh, fight goes. I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, if McGregor beats Cerrone in January, he may get, a, you know, the welterweight title shot or like a number one contender fight. I know Woodley's still in the conversation. That's not really out of the picture. A rematch with Covington is very possible. I, I don't see that happening at the moment, just how everything's been going recently with him. And, you know, so let's see who else is around in the division so I can kind of get the proper names out and I don't want to you know misspeak or anything of that nature let's not pull that up please thank you very much so you still have Jorge Masvidal could get a title shot which I think will probably be the better option I think that'll be the better fight top guys at the moment you still have Leon Edwards would be an interesting fight uh, Rafael Dos Anjos I don't really see like Nate Diaz or Anthony Pettis or even um like a Robbie Lawler getting at the moment probably if I had to like put money on it I'd say Masvidal is probably who's next in line to get the title shot. That's just my thoughts. What were your thoughts on UFC toward? You know, you know, I can't talk. Apparently, I'm sorry. Uh, what were your thoughts on UFC 245? Were you excited that Usman defended his title? Were you sad that Covington lost? Let me know your thoughts. Like I said, all my handles on social media were down below. The last thing I wanted to talk about, well, a couple things I want to do some kind of quick hits before I really kind of get on to the final story of the podcast today. Uh, if you follow college football, Joe Burrow, uh, quarterback for LSU, is the Heisman winner this year. Not really surprising. 
Dude threw 52 touchdowns and had, I think, like, eight interceptions or, like, 12 interceptions or whatever it was. You know, LSU's number one in the country. Depending on how things go, we'll probably win a national championship as well. I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, Joe Burrow will probably also go number one in next year's draft. To the Cincinnati Bengals, be able to go home. You know, he's from Ohio himself, so I, I wasn't surprised, cause especially when the awards come out. Uh, what tends to happen is, you know, a lot of people who pick the awards and everything or who report on them will, will usually say, like, oh, how close it was to from first to second and things like that. But they were like, what he won is like, oh, he won in a landslide. Like, he no, he, that was his from, there was no question. And that usually tells me as a fan, it's like, all right, if this guy is just dominating in awards or, like, getting a, a, a major amount of the awards and they're not really close or anything, that the Heisman Committee is just like, all right, we know who we want. We want to get Joe Burrow. That's who. Our, that's our guy. Um, kind of surprised that defensive end from Ohio State, Chase Young, finished fourth in the in the uh, Heisman voting. Didn't really get that. Personally, I feel like if I had to like rank it in my own opinion, I would have said Joe Burrow, uh, Chase Young. I'd say Justin Fields and then Jalen Hurts. Uh, mainly because J- uh, Justin Fields has been playing, I think, better. And is also on a better team at the moment with Ohio State. We'll see how that goes when they play Clemson in the playoff. Um, LSU will be playing Oklahoma in the first round of the playoff, so that'll be interesting. The fact that Chase Young finished fourth in the Heisman voting was uh, was very surprising. Now the big question is, you know, Joe Burrow's going to pretty much go to the draft. I also assume, you know, Jalen Hurts will go as well. Uh, Justin Fields is not eligible due to his class. He's a freshman. Chase Young is still up in the air. Uh, he said he has plans to, you know, stay in college for another year and then go in the 2021 draft. But people still believe that he'll probably go in this year's draft. I think he should. I know he had the whole issue with the suspension that I mentioned before that kind of like lingered within the last couple of weeks of his uh, playing at Ohio State. So I kind of feel like that left a bad taste in his mouth with all that. I also believe that if he stays, I th- obviously he's going to be great. Him and, you know, him on defense and Justin Fields on offense and the guys they have that are going to be returning are going to be great. You know, they're definitely going to be making a, you know, obviously a strong run for the championship again. The only thing that worries me, too, is when players do that, that, you know, God forbid they get injured or something happens or, you know, they just have that off year that next year, then that obviously will hurt their draft stock. For example, uh, former UFC, UFC, sorry, USC quarterback Mark, Matt Barkley. I can't talk today for some odd reason. Uh, Matt Barkley had an issue like that i believe it was his junior year he was projected to go like super early in the draft was like a first round grade everybody's mock draft had him going in the first round was like you know what i'm going to stay for my senior season i want to help usc get a national championship and live happily ever after off into the sunset next year don't i if i'm correct because i don't i'm not looking at it obviously because looking at the camera uh i believe he got injured that year and then didn't really play up to the standard that he had had in previous years at USC. So he went, I think, believe in the third or fourth round. And then it's kind of been like a journeyman in the NFL ever since. You know, that definitely could have changed if he had gone his junior year. We'll see what happens. You know, I think either way, Chase Young's going to be fine at the end of the day, whether he goes in this year's draft or next year's draft, because he's still a hot commodity. He's still going to be on everyone's board, you know, still probably first round unless something drastic happens, which I, I, I can't say I don't see happening, but anything's possible. I, I feel like this whole suspension that he got was kind of unjustified personally because he already repaid the debt that was used to bring his girlfriend to a bowl game to see him play. So, I, I whatever, you know, dudes take thousands of dollars and nothing happens sometimes. So, like, I don't know. They 
they pick and choose who the fuck, you know, they want to give suspensions to. But nonetheless, what are your thoughts on that? You know, are you surprised Joe Burrow, you know, won the Heisman? You know, do you think Chase Young should stay for his senior season or go to the NFL and make millions of dollars and hopefully, hopefully, I can't say hopefully, hopefully, what the fuck is hopefully, hopefully, you know, live a long and majestic uh, NFL career. Uh, I would say if he does, you know, end of the draft, that's what, three straight years of a defensive end from Ohio State going in the first round and also going in the top five because you have Joey Bosa went to the Chargers. Then you have his brother Nick Bosa last year to the 49ers. And then if Chase Young goes probably like possibly second to the Giants or somewhere in the top five, depending on, you know, who's in that order at the moment. Curious on that. See how that goes. The final thing I want to get into, let me see for a sec. So I was going to mention something else, but I kind of just found this on my phone and I kind of want to talk about it, to be honest. There was a, a dead body found in a porter potty at M&B Tank. Tank? I don't know. What the fuck am I saying? M&T Bank Stadium in Baltimore, which is the Baltimore Ravens Stadium. So the report says police announced that a dead body was found in a portable toilet on Sunday at M&T Bank Stadium, the home of the Baltimore Ravens. The body was unidentified, and it's not clear how long the, uh, the body had been inside the toilet. Police were called around 2 p.m. on Sunday when somebody found the body in the toilet at the stadium's parking lot, according to the Baltimore Sun. An autopsy has been scheduled to determine a cause of death. This is the second porta potty death this year. Um, the fatality is the second this year involving a portable toilet at M&T Bank Stadium. According to the Sun, a man died in February after being engulfed in flames and seen running from a portable toilet that was also on fire. In total, three portable toilets caught fire in that incident, According to the Baltimore Sun, the cause of the fires was not clear. Uh, the incident in February occurred after the conclusion of last football season. So I think, you know, the big kind of uh, lesson here is uh, if you're going to go to a Baltimore Ravens game in the city of Baltimore, uh, don't use their porta potties. Avoid that at all costs because apparently there's a strong chance, a chance at all, that you may die, which is uh, extremely terrifying. But I want to give my well wishes and uh, my you know condolences to the families of those lost in those tragic porter potty incidents uh it sounds like a joke kind of is a little bit but hey you know that that's a fucked up way to go out or at least be found after you're dead i don't know what the fuck is going on in baltimore uh be safe out there use public restrooms your own bathrooms ask a friend maybe a coworker. go to go to work on the toilet, if you have to, just avoid porta potties in general. Uh, I do that anyway. Yeah, that that's that's honestly terrifying. Uh, quick hits though. Um, Freddie Kitchens is going to be staying in the uh, in the Cleveland Browns organization. They're not going to do their uh, one season in and then we're going to fire him kind of routine that they've done. Seems like they want to stick with him. We'll see how that goes. I don't know if that's going to be super successful, but it's the Cleveland Browns. They're who they are. They can't really change that. So. It is what it is. There's talk of Mitchell Trubisky maybe not being there after this season. He's proven that he may not be the guy for the Chicago Bears. Wouldn't be super surprising in my own opinion. The fact that the Bears still passed on Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson respectively in the draft. Even traded up one spot to get Mitchell Trubisky after his one season as a starter at North Carolina. Still blows my mind. Now when they were drafted, Deshaun Watson I thought was the better quarterback out of the three at the moment. You know, played at Clemson, had a great career, 
won a national championship, beat Alabama, did all the things you'd want to do as a quarterback in college football, dropped to the middle of the first round. Patrick Mahomes, though, great quarterback at Texas Tech. I don't know why. I, this has been my problem all day. I can't say enough words properly, or any words, apparently. Had a great career at Texas Texas Tech. Excuse me. Why is that such a tongue twister? Texas Tech. He went in the first round, obviously, to the Kansas State Chiefs, and has been having a great career since. Uh, Trubisky had an okay season at North Carolina and has not been great for the uh, Chicago Bears lately. So, chance he may leave. I know there's been talk about people think he may they may get Cam Newton or Tom Brady. I don't I don't know. Or even maybe draft a quarterback this year. I don't know what's going to happen. Playoffs are here. More playoff teams are announced and more eliminations have come. So, at the moment, it seems like for the AFC... It's Baltimore, and you have New England, uh, Kansas City, Houston, and in the wild card, you have uh, Buffalo because they just clinched a playoff spot. And then that final uh, wild card spot is currently owned by the Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't know who's going to come out of the woodwork to, you know, do that. Pittsburgh pretty much needs to win out for that to happen, I believe, or the other teams to lose more than, you know, or whatever. So uh, I don't wish the best of luck to them as a Ravens fan. And I know the NFC, you have the 49ers, you have the Vikings, you have the Seahawks, you have the Cowboys, which the fact that they beat the Ravens the way they did and uh, are 7-7 seven seven in that division still is uh, ridiculous. And you have the Saints, if I didn't say them already. I think that said everybody. <sighs> it's it's going to be an interesting year. Um, Like I said in previous episodes, my NFC pick is the Saints. Their defense isn't this super great team, but I think Drew Brees still has that kind of like, you know, that championship uh, mentality in him, uh, even at 40 years old. Not that I'm saying that like he has is taking a step back. You know, he's a little bit older now and, you know, the injuries he suffered, I'm sure kind of doesn't really help. But, you know, if something did happen again, God forbid. You know, they have Teddy Bridgewater at the backup, ready to go. You know, he obviously proved to the NFL again that he can win and can be a successful quarterback still. There's that. Uh, in baseball news, though, on of off football first seconds, that's kind of been the dominant, you know, talking point of today. Baseball, Mason Bob Gardner signed an $85 million deal with the Arizona Diamondbacks. A bunch of other players are getting paid $245 plus million to play baseball. So congrats to them, of course. Good for them. If you're wondering in life, and you're a big fan of sports, you're like, I don't know what to do. I'd say become a baseball agent. That seems like the most financially, like, just phenomenal job out there. You know, as long as you manage the right people, you know, and are a good enough person and good at your job, of course, and you really want it, you could get fucking paid a lot of money for representing these guys. Especially if you're Mike Trout's agent or, like, a Manny Machado or, like, Bryce Harper or even Garrett Cole now and so on. You're getting... Super paid because you're in like five ten percent out of that. Oh my god, get money, get paid, live happily ever after. LeBron James and Anthony Davis are still leading the charge for the LA Lakers dominance this year. Not really surprised on that. Uh, it seems like having Anthony Davis on the team and you know the guys they have around LeBron kind of has revigorated him a bit. Um, you think in year 17 of your NBA career that maybe you take a step back. You know, not saying that he should or, you know, that he would, but, like, you'd think any person of any kind of career like that that's athletic, you know, would take somewhat of a step back after 17 years. Maybe not put up the best numbers that they have or, or kind of, you know, may not have that kind of uh, mentality that they had in previous years, but he seems more dominant than ever. Seems like he really wants to win a championship in L.A. Um, That'd be interesting. 
pretty much win a championship in each of the three teams he's played for. It seems like that's going to happen the way that, that they're running the West right now. Um, I know the Celtics are in competition in the East. The Raptors have been playing great. Knicks are still bad, but I don't blame the players. I blame the front office and their coaching staff and everyone behind the scenes that we don't see. Um, their president is bad. He should be fired. I'll bring Carmelo back at this point, you know, maybe, you know, get him in the locker room, kind of give that veteran presence. Not that they don't have, but that I feel like proper veteran presence that they may need. Um, treat Carmelo with the respect he deserves, in my opinion. Uh, what else do we have? I don't know anything about football or soccer as it's being uh, deemed because America wants to be difficult. Um, I don't follow that too well. Also, there's a lot of leagues and I don't really get it. I don't know if there's an off season. It seems like they kind of just play all year round. It seems like I don't know. I'm still really not sure how it works. Uh, I'm not going to act like I do. Hockey, not really sure what's going on with hockey at the moment. I don't believe they're playing, but I could be wrong. I think they are in season, I believe. I don't know how far into the season. I'm sorry to all hockey fans and soccer fans or football fans, depending on your location of listening. I'm sorry. If, if there's anybody that is a fan of either of those sports that wants to discuss this maybe on here i'd love to you know talk to you and have you on maybe we you know help me understand the sport help me you know give your perspective on who you think's good or who you think's bad and you know top teams where you think that you know the next great dynasty is coming from is Messi gonna win another mvp title i believe that he wins every year the last six years i'm not sure Honestly, but it looks like a dope trophy, and I'm sure it's the MVP, I'm assuming. Let's see what else we have here. I don't follow WWE, because whatever. Um, th There is one question I, I will leave for you all before I go, because this is one of my longer episodes I have recently, is eSports. You know, that's been around for a while, of course, if you're unaware, but I would say within the last, like, five to ten years, has really kind of exploded a lot more than um people really expected. But the question I have is, would you consider consider excuse me esports an actual quote-unquote sport because you know a lot of people say well because it's not a physical activity you know you're not playing basketball you're not driving a car you're not you know running down a field you're sitting in a chair in front of a screen with a controller or a keyboard or mouse depending on your game of choice and console of choice and you're playing a video game you know something that anybody can do at any time but you know that's what your job is personally uh, I'd say yes. Uh, just because you're playing a video game doesn't mean that playing it professionally against people who are the best is not a sport. It's a competition, and competitions are made to be won. I think the word sport is kind of, you know, people just associate it that involves like a ball or like some type of uniform or anything, depending on the game you play. Uh, people are sports, esports gamers, you know, Madden tournaments, NBA 2K tournaments, FIFA tournaments are huge. Rocket League, I'm sure there's Rocket League pro players, I'm sure, and that's, you know, cars and soccer, so that's great for that. And sure, playing video games like Fortnite and all these first-person shooters or, you know, MMORPGs, if you're unfamiliar. I still consider it a sport because, you know, you still got to train. You still got to play. You still got to have a strategy for all this. I don't think, you know, any normal person who, at least for the most part, hasn't played can just jump into it like anything else, really. Obviously, anything that takes time. But to be to that level that you see a lot of these people are when it comes to video games, it's like any other sport. They've been doing it since they were kids. They've been, especially video games have, you know, everyone, a lot of people, if not most people play video games, it seems like nowadays. I just think it's, people are giving a lot of flack because it's different. It's something that's going against a grain of what 
society deems as traditional sports. So anything like that, they're like, eh, this is weird. I don't like this. Within the last few years itself, I've seen, you know, celebrities invest in different esports companies. Prizes that these players get for these, you know, gaming tournaments is insane. I think what the Dota tournament last year or so was like 20 plus million dollars. You're still splitting it, I believe, five ways. That's five million dollars. If there's like a five man team or five person team, excuse me. I think like anything else like basketball, football, uh, auto racing or swimming, golf or any other cheerleading. And yes, I consider cheerleading a sport. I'm not having an argument with anybody. Unless you want to, then maybe we can do it on the internet. But I'm not doing it on the pod. Someone convinces me outright that cheerleading isn't a sport, but I believe it is. I forgot my point because cheerleading, the whole thing with that got stuck in my head because I've had that argument with people too many times. But nonetheless, curious your opinion on the whole esports issue, whether or not esports is a sport or not. I say yes. You may say no. Let me know your thoughts. Um, Thank you if you made it this far into the episode. I really do appreciate it because I believe this is, like I said earlier, going to be one of my longer episodes, but maybe people like that. You know, if you do, please let me know. Like I said, twice, three times, thousand times before. All my handles for my uh, social media accounts are in the description of the podcast. Or if you're listening to this like on audio, you're not, you're not going to check it. Look up, search some internet show on Twitter and Instagram. Some internet show... Uh, on Twitter, it doesn't have the O in show, so just do SHW when you're spelling it out. On Instagram, it does. Twitter just needs one more character length, and I'd be fine, but it doesn't, so here we are explaining this to you. Yeah, also, if you're curious to where you can listen to this podcast in the future, it's on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify. It's now going to be on SoundCloud, so that link will also be in the bottom of the, of the description uh, on YouTube. My camera's been acting up with this. I don't know what's going to be able to be put up on the internet for that when that uh, happens so i'll do my best with that i said the big one stitcher it'll be on the third party apps you may use and so on and so forth so thank you for making it this far if you have i'd appreciate it if you shared it you rated the podcast told your friends and family about it you know anybody in your life who is a sports fan and yeah that's kind of all i got for this week uh if there's anything though in the future you'd like me to talk about please feel free to tweet me or dm me on instagram I'm willing to, you know, look into it and research it maybe if it's something I'm unaware of. Or if it's something I am aware of, I can talk about it if there's something I may have missed or you want me to get into more or so on and so forth. So I will see you all next Monday. Don't know why I said it like that, but uh, here we are. Um, You know what? I'm going to stop. Have a good rest of your week. See you next Monday. Bye-bye.